Hello and welcome to the NFL Blitz. Coming up on today's show, week four of the NFL season review. Dak throws for all of the yards against the Rams, but it's still not enough as Cleveland put up 49 points in Jerry World. The Bills nearly lost Josh Allen, but he returns to Buffalo wins big in Vegas. However, will John Gruden be under fire for his mask again? Plus, more pain for the Giants if Eagles win a football game and how impressed we are with Justin Herbert. That's opening up on Wednesday's NFL Blitz. And welcome to the show today, I hope you're doing well, I hope this podcast finds you in good health as per usual. We're now a quarter of the way into the NFL season already, time flies when you're having fun. Remember to go to anchor.fm forward slash the NFL Blitz if you want to see where else you can find this podcast. Obviously you are already listening to the podcast, so that's not too much of a problem for you. And remember to go to the sportsblitzblog.wordpress.com for writing about the NFL and other sports. The power rankings are already up and you can find that in the dedicated NFL section by going into articles and then clicking on the NFL Blitz. Okay, and oh, on the NFL Blitz today, Josh and Will. Hello, Will Spark. I, I am back. Last week was busy. And if we're being honest, the weeks ahead are going to be also busy. But hey, let's just deal with it. I at least have time in the mornings. Let's just power through. Yeah. It's great that now I, I have a seminar when we normally record this, which just super excellent. Feel yeah, that. that's... I mean, it's just the Tuesday one, right? Yeah, it's just a Tuesday one. Yeah. Which means I have to rush back and try and get everything set up. Anyway, I was going to earlier when I, I connect for the people who are listening, like all two of you. I, I connected them to this clean feed meeting in in my seminar and I was so tempted to unmute my microphone and let, let you all listen in. Uh, on the seminar, that sounds like it would have been an interesting time. Alex, it would have been don't interesting. want to pay £9,250, so... I, I made sure yeah, I made sure it was true. muted though because I was in the front row or the second front row and there were people sat behind me and if they thought I was broadcasting this seminar to <laughs> other people I would have seemed like a, a bit of a dick so I you've, decided against you've it, heard yeah. of radio free uh, Europe but now you can fully hear radio free York seminars <laughs> <laughs> doing uh, it's my first foray into into private radio yeah exactly. Yeah. underground man we're we're gonna do something we have never done on the nfl blitz ever we're gonna start with a cleveland browns win yeah cleveland browns 49 alice cowboys 38 you'll notice i said alice cowboys because they've got no d i mean (laughs) my one question to start off i'm gonna need to move back a bit how about them cowboys? That bad. Uh, that yeah, that was pretty bad. Or, okay, have... look. Dak is putting up a case for why actually he deserves money, and the Cowboys' defense is putting up an argument for why they should all not have jobs next year. Yeah. I mean, if if he kept up this rate, Dak Prescott, he would pass for 6,760 passing yards this season the record i believe is somewhere around 5500 so that is that's not just breaking the record that is absolutely demolishing the record and yet at the current rate the cowboys would go 4 and 12 with the single greatest (laughs) passing season of all time Dak prescott going to um least baby yeah andrew siliano Dak prescott is the first player in nfl history with 450 plus passing yards in three consecutive games Brady, Montana, Steve Young, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, name any quarterback you want, none of them have done that, and yet they went two and one in that time span. And it's oh, extraordinary. Oh, it's sorry, one and two. Okay, one and I mean, two. still, but uh, just looking at This like is that. not Matt LaFleur's greatest argument for remaining head coach, by the way. No, it's not. You mean it's... Matt McCarthy? <laughs> yes. Matt LaFleur is with the Packers. Yeah. <laughs> He's actually doing pretty good. Yeah. Alex, My bad. Um, these numbers from Dak Prescott, what, 41 for 58, 502 yards, four touchdowns. Okay, you've got one interception, but that's an absolute man-of-the-match performance. Yeah, yet... I'll be honest. <sighs> that interception yeah. wasn't on him. Tavon Austin quite clear. Was it Tavon Austin? I can't remember now. But the wide receiver just... 
did not. I think they were on two different pages. So, Dak knew Fair. the route he was expected to throw and the route he, this wide receiver was expected to run. The wide receiver very much didn't. Just didn't run it. Um, yeah. Alex and Will, what do we think of Ezekiel Elliott in this game? Because Bad. 12 carries, 54 yards, Ooh. is another mediocre to poor performance on the back of a mediocre to poor season. So, yeah. where does he this go? This is why you don't pay running backs. Yeah, they gave <laughs> him a big contract this off-season, didn't they? They, they did. did. That well was done. Mistake. Not giving Dak money and giving Zeke money and now turns out was yeah. a colossal mistake. Turns out this is what happens with Jerry Jones. Yay. Who what needs is, a defense uh, when Dak's you can have a situation at the moment? It, he's on the franchise tag, isn't he? Uh, yes, he Which is. Which comes to an, I, I, I guess he will be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. That he will. Wow. Please come to the Giants. Right. If we can't get a good quarterback in the draft, Madden. I'd love to pay Dak Prescott stupid amounts of money. <laughs> At the end of the day, this feels like um, not the Brady retirement tour, but the Dak advertisement tour in this is what I can do. I'm putting up what seems to be record numbers at the moment. Come and get me next season. Yeah. And yeah. woe be to the Cowboys for their hilarious mismanagement. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. NFL research. The Cowboys have allowed 38-plus points in three straight games for the second time in franchise history. The first time was in 1960, their inaugural season, when they went 0-11-1. So that's, that's the level this team on. And by the way, oh. that, that team, it only got that draw because Tom Landry was an, was an offense specialist, or he turned into an offense specialist with the Cowboys. And was able to just make the offense good. He will admit the defense was like the worst thing he'd ever seen in the NFL. And yet this defense was bad. Yeah, that's um, unfortunate. And just honestly, it it's a serious problem for the Cowboys. You know, if you have a lights out defense that uh, a lights out offense that all of your money is going towards, you kind of have an issue then where everyone on your defense has no incentive to stay because you just don't have the money to pay them, and what you're left with is not going to hold up at all. Yeah, absolutely. Marcus Mosher on Twitter, it's the third straight week the Cowboys didn't force a turnover and the third straight week with three-plus turnovers on offense. They're just bad. They're just mm -hmm. a dreadful team. Yeah. 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 We, we do have to remember that there was a team who actually won this game being the Cleveland Browns, the three and that one Cleveland Browns. Wow. Okay. 2020 is a hell of a year, guys. Yeah. Yep. Does Odell Beckham just own the Dallas Cowboys at this point? Uh, I he think he might. Controlling interest, for yeah. sure. Would have been, uh, would have been nice if we could have him, you know, on our team, but, but guess I guess not. But it's Odell Beckham's first game with three scores in nearly five years. Of course, the big concerning news is that Nick Chubb is expected to be out for six weeks now. The, the Browns' ground game did well without him, but he is their best player, I would say, by far. So this is quite a concern. Yeah, at the end of the day, he came in as the NFL's fourth leading rusher. Um, was it the first quarter? Um, and his right leg, I think? Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, yeah, knee injury. So that's an absolutely massive loss. Um, like you said, it did reasonably well without him. But as you go in, you know, next week, the week after that, week after that, you're going to start to feel that loss. So, yeah, that's that's not good um, for a team who is doing surprisingly well. Yeah. Mm, the Bucks yeah, actually aren't terrible this year. What a shock. And by the way, last week we had DK Metcalf have the ball slapped out of his hands when the Cowboys played the Seahawks, which sure. was kind of like Leon Lett's game in the Super Bowl against the Bills. And now this week we had the equivalent of the Leon Lett game when the Dolphins played the Cowboys on Thanksgiving where <laughs> the with the two-point conversion where it, the field goal was blocked and for some reason a Cowboy decided to put his hand on it, which allowed Cleveland to recover and run it into the end zone. So yeah, we've, had both, uh... we've had both of Leon Lett's lowlights in his career in the last two weeks. He lived, and like I said last week, he's an assistant on the Cowboys, so we had to watch both of them. 
<laughs> Oof. At least he could put his arm around the guy who did that for the Cowboys and go, look, I've been there. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I think blocking the extra point just so they can score a two-point conversion is kind of the definition of an own goal. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely is. That's... So, I, I don't think any of us assume the Browns can win the AFC North, but can they make the playoffs? It's three wildcard spots this year, right? Yeah. Three and one. Yeah. yeah. They could do it. I and mean, bad way. They, well, I mean, no. they can, technically, I guess, but I, I still have to be dubious because I, I have to hold on to the fact that 2020 won't be complete madness. <laughs> There'll be some sort of consistency there, hopefully. You keep dreaming, bud. Indeed. I, I did see the post quite a lot of people put up on Facebook and Twitter, etc., saying, we're now into the fourth quarter of 2020, let's hope we're facing the Falcons. <laughs> it's the first yeah. time in 50 years the Browns have scored 30 or more points in three straight games. So that's 1970. Nice. Just great. Anyway, uh, the Cleveland yeah. Browns are three. Actually, it's great for them. The Cleveland Browns are three and one. They're third in the AFC North. They're third in the AFC North still. Typical. And they host the Colts next week. The Dallas Cowboys are one and three. They're third in the NFC East and host the New York Giants. Buffalo Bills thirty. Las Vegas Raiders twenty-three. I would say don't be misled by a seven-point win or seven-point loss for Las Vegas. This for me was far more dominating. Yeah, um, no, this was this is strange because I was thinking, you know, the uh, the Raiders actually have a decent team around them, but they are they are just getting abs. Yeah, the Bills are making a statement that hey, you know, we're the team to beat. You know, we should be the people you're focusing on. The Chiefs are good, but we might actually be able to equal them. Yeah, absolutely. Another great game for Josh Allen. A pass rate of around 115, if I remember correctly. Despite going out partway through, obviously, big worries when he had to go off and be assessed, but he came back. Matt Barkley, who we had on who he played for, came <laughs> in, so super awesome, excellent, if he's your backup. But, yeah, Josh Allen came back, another great performance from him. Another great performance for the entire Bills offense, especially uh, Vic Beasley, who had one of the catches of the day. Stefan Diggs, over 100 yards receiving again. One of the best wide receivers in the league. I do want to ask, going back to Josh Allen, because I've just realised I didn't read that note out. Sure. The commentary team for the game, and I can't remember who it was, said that Josh Allen has had the most unprecedented change in a quarterback that he's ever seen, whoever it was, saying he's gone, he's fixed all of his problems, he's really developed more than he's seen any quarterback develop before. Would we agree with that? I don't... I think that's slight hyperbole. Well, not, not, not in the sense of, like, he's the best quarterback, but in the sense of, he in his first year, I think it's fair to say he looked like a bust. He looked like a Ryan Leaf or a Trent Dilfer, Johnny Manziel. Or, in fact, Johnny Manziel was probably the most apt comparison, and now he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I don't think I've... I, I would agree I've not seen a transformation that big. No, I understand where he's coming from. Um... As transformation of all time, uh, possibly a bit much. We'll have to see how he performs over the whole of this season. Yeah. I think he needs a, you need a bigger sample size than that. But I agree, it, it's massively impressive. He put up great numbers. Uh, I think we need to talk about the defense as well. Buffalo were fantastic. They yeah. punted with, I think, five minutes, five minutes thirteen left on the clock in the third quarter, and um, that was really rare for the Raiders to force a punt, but. They uh, Buffalo forced two fumbles and mm. they were they were fantastic on the other side of the ball as well. Although, Josh Norman as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Derek Carr didn't have a particularly bad game, did he? His numbers are quite good. No. Um, but uh, this Bills side is is fantastic. It, we always, I think we said last season, didn't we, about a Bills side who could only beat teams that are below 0.5. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, and it seems to be that they are becoming more formidable and they're, you know, building on relative success from last season, which y you like to see. The AFC mm. East seems to be theirs for the taking. Yeah, say it very quietly, but 
potential Super Bowl contender. I don't think they are yet with the Ravens and the Chiefs, but mm. they are definitely in the very highest echelon. They are for me. oh for sure. They are postseason, I think for sure, to, barring something ridiculous. Yeah. And, well, Josh Allen getting injured. Yeah. Uh, we'll see, but I'm excited to see a Bills side do well. Actually, um, yeah. they've been good for a couple of years. They've been building on it. They've been quietly sort of working away, and we'll see what we've uh, got to come from them. Yeah, and if there's any set of fans that deserve it, it's Bill's Mafia, because they're absolutely <laughs> yeah. fantastic. No, I mean, yeah, they're absolutely fantastic, and honestly, the franchise as a whole deserves it after making four, was it four <laughs> straight Super Bowls and yeah. failing to win any of them? Yeah. yeah. No, that's that's one of those things that inspires kind of perpetual sympathy. I wonder who they lost to in the first Super Bowl. Does anyone know? Well, do you know? Wide right! Uh... Yeah. Anyway, Bill Belichick, defensive coordinator for Giants of Time. Always bring that up. Congrats to David Carr. Josh mentioned him earlier. Mm -hmm. David Carr has now broken Ken Stabler's record for the most passing touchdowns in the history of the Raiders organization, which is absolutely fantastic for him. I don't think anyone's ever put him in like the higher echelons of quarterback, but the best quarterback in the history of the Raiders based on passing touchdowns. Fair. Um, I always thought of him as a good quarterback. Um, solid. Mm. He has quality and he can have some really, really, really good days. Is he in that operations? I don't think so. But a really likeable guy off the field as well. And yeah, um, a decent, decent quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. The Raiders currently at 500s. They've lost to two good sides. So are we overly concerned for them? I don't think they're going to be a playoff, but I think there's definitely something brewing down there in Oakland. You know, I think that they have Vegas. potential for the future. Hmm? Vegas. Vegas, yes. <laughs> Las Vegas I wish they were in now. Oakland. God, it just constantly. But yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there is something uh, a brewing down there in yeah. Vegas. By the way, talking about things that are in the wrong places, John Gruden's face mask. Had it? Yeah. He hasn't. Mm. He had it up like round his nose and mouth for most of most of the game. That's good. But then he also didn't for other parts of the game. For me, the league have to clamp down seriously hard on the on the Raiders now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've been finding them a lot, but at some point, money. I feel like money to these people doesn't yeah. matter as much as it does to others. You know, so especially my Duke, question is, what like draft ten million year. stripped? Start with a sixth round and move from there. Mm, yeah. By the way, the Buffalo Bills 4-0 for the first time since 2008, and this side, it has to be said, a much better than that side. The By the way, I don't think they made the playoffs that year, so it, it can still all go wrong. The Buffalo Bills are 4-0, their first in the FC East, and travel to the Titans next week. Well, probably, maybe. The Las Vegas Raiders are 2-2, two two, their second in the FC West, and travel to the Kansas City Chiefs. Los Angeles Chargers, 31. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 38. There's only one place we're starting with in this game. There's only one player we're starting with. And that is Justin, Justin Herbert. Herbert. <laughs> Justin Herbert. What a game from Justin Herbert. Yeah. I don't know if he actually ended up getting a better passer rate than Tom Brady. Yeah, comfortably. 20 for 25, 290 yards, three touchdowns, a passer rating of 137.9. He is looking much better than just your average rookie quarterback right now. Yes, he absolutely is. Um, I think we said on the preview podcast of this that um, this was a fantastic game for him to showcase, but also his sort of litmus test. Yeah. Um, he's come in after that debacle, need we say more. Yeah. And he's looked really, really good. Um you know, okay, there's an interception, but 290 yards and three touchdowns mm. is fantastic, especially against uh, a Tampa Bay defense, which is statistically very good. Yeah, fifth best uh, pass pass defense in is the league. It third best on rush as well, or yeah. was that? Yeah, so and it's 14 yards being the best rusher, uh, which but, is less good. Yeah, it is, but it's it's almost a shame they pushed the the uh, Tampa Bay books right to the wire. I remember. Alex, I think you said to me whilst this game was going on and the Chargers were winning, was that, uh, ha ha, your lock is coming, 
is going to be I, the I way. I thought it was and almost I guaranteed at that point. Yeah, um, I won't be alone anymore. <laughs> but um, no, <laughs> really impressed with him. Uh, but look, Brady does Brady things, okay. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm just more excited to see what what more we have from Justin Herbert because. You know, he's taking, he's, he's been given this opportunity which he didn't think he'd have, let's be fair. And he's yeah. taken it so far, so fair play. And by the way, barring Keenan Allen, he is throwing to no one. There's mm. Jalen Guyton, uh, okay. There's Tyron Johnson. There's, uh, oh, right, actually, Hunter Henry's good. So, so still, Joshua Kelly, Parnham. I just, I don't know who these players are hmm. for the most part. And yet, he's yeah. managing to make it work with them. That pass to Parnham as well was incre- incredible. And the most impressive thing for me wasn't just that he was executing throws. It was that he was so fearless in the pocket. And I think both of his long touchdowns happened because he was able to stay cool with the rush coming in for him. And just, yeah, incredible performance. Justin Herbert as well, the second player with 900-plus passing yards in his first three games, the only other being Cam Newton. So he is on the right path right now. And when Tom Brady made... Go on. No, I was going to say, you know, I was wrong about Justin Herbert, you know, probably. We'll still have to see how he plays throughout the full season. But right now, he's looking very good. He's looking composed. He's He's looking like he has a good future in the NFL. Yeah. And I'm really happy to say I have never been happier to be wrong about a take in my life because legitimately I do not want quarterbacks to come to the NFL and fail. It yeah. sucks whenever it happens. You always think of, you know, what could have been, especially considering, you know, my team, which we'll get into, I assume, mm-hmm. in a bit. It's good to be wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, when Tom Brady made his debut in the NFL, Justin Herbert was two. The age gap between them is 21 years, so there is no record of a quarterback duel taking place where the age gap was someone who was legally allowed to drink in the mm-hmm. US. That's just incredible. But anyway, we'll go on to the books, but did the game change on the Josh Kelly fumble at the end of the second half, at second quarter? The answer is yes. Yeah. yeah After that, the Chargers didn't get a stop for the rest of the game. Before they were in control. And at that point, I'll be honest, at that point, maybe it was me being pessimistic for the Chargers, which I didn't want to win just because Josh had locked them, but because, you know, <laughs> underdog. Herbert. <laughs> yeah, no, I think as soon as I saw that, story, I went, they've it? lost. They've yeah. lost. They're not going to win this. And I thought I was yeah. wrong when Herbert led them back down the field again to get that them 31st and final point. But mm. I mean, I know we're talking about uh, I'm Herbert. Is, it's the better story, isn't it, really? Yeah. Um, and there are a lot more holes in society. Um, but, I mean, fair play to Brady. I think it's the 46th yeah. time he's delivered a winning drive in the fourth quarter, only behind uh, Peyton Manning, Breeze and Damarino, which is fantastic. And uh, he's overcome a deficit of 10 points or more to um, 34 times, which is uh, the greatest of all time. So he speaks for himself again. Uh, and it was undeniably really good, but... Yeah, it's almost like that's not the story because, okay, it's Tom Brady, which I suppose speaks to it in itself of how good he really is and what his legacy is. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, four pick sixes in his last six games, but we're not going to focus on that. After going up 24-7, <laughs> the Chargers outscored 31-7. Second half, Tom Brady was so, so, so much better. And he's now tied Adam Vinatieri with the most regular season wins in NFL history at 221. Wow. So, that's absolutely incredible. Yeah. Injury news for I mean, Austin. Oh, sorry. No, I mean, we just, we have to stop saying that Tom Brady is washed, because I'm pretty sure he browses Reddit threads where people say that at <laughs> yeah. time, and gets, it just absorbs the energy. We don't think that, Tom. We definitely don't. I was definitely not making comments to that effect in our uh, group chat. Yeah. Um, injury news, so Austin Eckler looks like he could be out, expected to miss multiple weeks. OJ Howard a torn Achilles as well for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So not all is happy in them two camps. And Austin Eckler, well, I was going to say it's the most important player on the Chargers offense, but clearly it's Justin Herbert now because he is God. 
Anyway, the Los Angeles Chargers are 1-3 and three, their third in the AFC West and travel to the Saints on the Monday Night Football. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 3-1 and one, their first in the AFC South and travel to Chicago on the Thursday Night Football. New England Patriots 10, Kansas City Chiefs 23. A bad game for Brian Hoyer, but the Chiefs keep being the Chiefs. I would actually challenge that a little bit. I don't think the Chiefs had a good game with this one, and honestly, it's no. mildly worrying. So, I'll be honest, know, I didn't Mahomes is... Oh, I did. Mahomes did yeah. not have a good game. You can pull up his stats, and it looks impressive. It was not. He should have had two or three interceptions that was just dropped by the Patriots' defense. I mean, he just... They... they a lot of times, they just... It dropped into their laps, and it just flopped out again, you know? He should have had more interceptions. His two passing touchdowns were handoffs, basically. Um, he struggled to get going all game. And, oh, the officiating in this game was truly abominable. I mean, this was this was bad. You know, Mahomes at one point got sacked. The ball fumbled out of his hands. And it was picked off by someone. But they blew it dead basically as soon as the ball got knocked out of Mahomes' hands. And, you know, it was absolutely ridiculous. They threw the flag down, Chiefs got the punting unit out, punted the ball, and that was it. And and that was just absolutely ridiculous. I think additionally as well, you saw Mahomes... Uh, a lot of people are calling it a flop. There seems to be some debate about whether he actually tripped on the sideline. But uh, during the fourth quarter, they got a, a flop for a... Um, you know, he, he got an unnecessary roughness call that allowed them to advance the ball to a first down. That was also not the best officiating. Um, the Chiefs' defense did really well, but you kind of expect them to against, you know, Hoyer the Destroyer and, you know, Jared <laughs> Studham, uh, who did not have, either of them did not have great games, though, though Hoyer did look substantially worse. Uh, this was probably the best game for Cam Newton, uh, even though he wasn't playing, because it yeah. shows, hey, I actually deserve some money, because otherwise you're left with these two, and they're really not going to handle it. Mm. Hoyer's pass rating, 59. Jarrett Studdham's, 39. Yeah, not good. Yeah. Uh, and just in general, I think the Patriots' offense showed more than ever why it does need Cam Newton at this point. The Patriots' defense, though is absolutely insane and i have no idea how bill belichick was able to do this this year because so many of his players decided to sit out due to COVID concerns you know everyone thought maybe this was like a stealth tank year for the patriots but no that defense is scary yeah and talking about that then you you mentioned that mahomes didn't have a good game what do you say instead that it showed if, if Mahomes didn't have a good game, but he still put up good numbers and the Chiefs still put up reasonable yardage, would you say that shows a good performance on behalf of Eric Bieniemy? You know, every, everyone's talking about Eric Bieniemy. Everyone's talking about, like, hey, you know, is he going to be kind of the head coach for the future? Oh, he is, Probably. Yeah. I mean, yeah, is. he's definitely going to get scouted. Um, and, you know, I do think this was... This was a, a strange game because it just it looked like the Chiefs never quite got uh, they never quite got into the groove that they're normally in. Like normally if they struggle early on, they'll figure something out and they'll just kind of explode from there, right? But it never quite looked like they were able to get in their groove. And and this year, you know, again with the Chargers, they they struggled against them and if it wasn't for, you know, the ice cold veins of Harrison Butker, um then they probably would have lost that game. And, you know, there is a very real possibility, if not for those calls, if for a couple of different things, we could be talking about a very different game between the Patriots and Chiefs now. So, you know, probably if Cam Newton's also didn't, you know, if Cam Newton didn't also get COVID. But, you know, it's, it's definitely interesting. And I still think the Chiefs are a very strong team, but I worry they're not as strong as they were last year. And I, I honestly think at this point, you know, everyone's talking about, oh, you know, can they make it back? Maybe it's the Bills who make it to the uh, Super Bowl this year. Hmm. Uh, but it's still slightly overreactionary based on one game, which they did win. But uh, that I mean, is they're true. Still, 
I know they're four and zero, but there is a slight. You know, there's a there's a very slight alternate timeline yeah. where they are two and two. We're going to go into this later, but they are still top of my power rankings. I haven't seen a reason to drop them down on the basis of this. Though, like I said, I didn't watch it. In all fairness, anyway, the New England Patriots are two and two. They're second in the FC East and host the Denver Broncos next week. The Kansas City Chiefs are four and zero. Oh, they're first in the FC West and host the Las Vegas Raiders. Okay, let's move on then. New York Giants, 9. Los Angeles Rams, 17. Will, floor is yours. This was not... Okay, this was better than last week. We still didn't score a touchdown. I think that's a, that's a really big issue. I think that, you know, if this team does not suddenly improve and go on a 12-game winning streak to close out the season, I think Jason Garrett's probably gone. You know, I think that he, yeah. his offensive philosophy has not worked. Jones has had, what, 26 touchdowns in his career, I think the stat is, and 24 of them happened last year. How? You know, like, how, how does an offense just fall off of a cliff so much? And it's it's the complete reversal of where we were at the start of the season. You know, I was saying, a lot of people were saying, hey, you know, the Giants' offense is probably going to be decent this year, but let's see if their defense can get into it. And our defense this game played lights out. I mean, this has been the biggest surprise and the biggest happy spot um, of, of this season. Our defense has played surprisingly well. Blake Martinez was a great signing. He's been playing absolutely wonderfully. And just in general, we've had a pretty a, a better defense than I would have thought this year. Our offense, however, has continued to go from problems to problems. Andrew Thomas, while looking decent, has, of the four O-linemen picked, he has not looked the best. He's not made the transition, which is a shame, because he was meant to be the kind of pro-ready, out-of-the-box uh, tackle that you could put. You know, you could just plug into your offense and he'd be good. Like, he didn't require much in the way of coaching. Everyone thought he was the most stable choice. That obviously failed. Thank you, Dave Gettleman. You mentioned that you were going to fix that O-line a couple years ago. Still hasn't shown up. Our receivers were looking mildly better this time. Um, you know, we did see some separation, but still, it's not been an inspiring group. And we really could have used a threat like, I don't know, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, to, you know, to 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 lock this in, to, to have some way of stretching out the field and let Daniel Jones throw some deep bombs. Because at this point, it's not happening. And lastly, we come to Daniel Jones. <sighs> this is a sophomore slump, and this is a bad one. He has to know at this point that he's playing for his job, and I think that it's starting to affect him. You know, he has inflexibility. You know, he's not, he's not progressing through his reads. He locks on to the person he's going to throw to, and he just stays with him. He doesn't switch and try and find different targets down the field and he leads so obviously with his eyes where he's going to go that it's no wonder the defenses can consistently pick him off consistently get turnovers on him you know we shouldn't have picked number six that was pretty obvious and you know at this point it really is a a question of Given our high draft position, which we are definitely going to have this year, do we do we go for Trevor Lawrence? Probably, if we, we, we end up in a position to take him. But the other question is, if we don't end up with Trevor Lawrence, do we go with Justin Fields? You know, do we go for another quarterback? Because Daniel Jones is not proving it. It'll all be a question of who ends up being, you know, uh, picked as our new general manager, because I'm pretty sure, you know, again, unless we win a Super Bowl, David Gettleman's gone. He has consistently overvalued uh, picks in the draft that are not necessary, and has continuously failed to make the right moves to make this offense into one that is competent and can do its job. Yeah, I I think he's, he's a goner, so... Yeah. Yeah. 
Out of interest, the fight at the end of the game between Jalen Ramsey and Golden Tate. It seems like the Giants, I haven't heard anything from the Rams yet, but the Giants are sticking with Golden Tate, saying he didn't initiate the fight, he didn't start, he was just defending himself. I mean, I'm guessing we'll wait until the NFL give their verdicts on the matter, but I assume you think it's right for the Giants to stick by what their player is saying to them. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of bad blood between the two. Yeah. Um, you know, with uh, they, they have a lot of personal issues. Ramsey having bad blood with people. <laughs> yeah. Who could have thought? Say it ain't but, so. yes, he is a bit of a... Uh, Bit of a numpty, so I'll just leave it at that and move on. Yeah. Okay, then, the New York Giants are 0-4. They're fourth in the NFC East and travel to the Dallas Cowboys next week. The Los Angeles Rams 3-1, and second in the NFC West, travel to Washington. Not a great game for the Rams, but a win is a win. You just you take that. Yeah. And I know you've got to rush off, so thanks for... Being on the NFL Blitz, Will. Yeah, Chisel. Uh, yeah. Minnesota Vikings 31, Houston Texans 23. There's only one place we're going to start here. The Minnesota Vikings special teams uh, recently. What, no. Houston Texans <laughs> have fired Bill O'Brien. Your immediate reaction. Uh, my immediate reaction is maybe it should have been done sooner, but... And also now Adam Gase is obviously going to the Texans and to compound their pain eternally. Uh, no, my immediate reaction is is it was probably the right time. Yeah. Um, this is a side that's now 0-4, that was 0-3 and wasn't looking like they were going to do anything else. Um, Deshaun Watson just wasn't able to do what he does and they've gone from a fairly mid-league side to a very, very poor one. I'm not, I thought Gase would go before him. Yeah. But then... Turns out the Texans, you know, yeah. more competent. What? No, never. But <laughs> but yeah, this... It, it's... Yeah. There's there's nothing really else to be said about it other than the right decision. It's, yeah, absolutely. It was going that way. Yeah, the Texans offense after one quarter, one first down, 12 plays, 21 yards, 1.8 yards per play. And I, I think that might have been with Bill O'Brien calling the plays. I mean, with Deshaun Watson, that that shouldn't be happening. By the way, obviously, big news for you is that their first and second round picks in the next draft belong to the Miami Dolphins after the Kenny Stills and Lavamy Tunsil trade. So, I mean, you must be laughing at this point. Yeah, um, I actually saw that very coincidentally about 30 minutes ago. Um, we'll get onto the Dolphins, I'm sure, but we talked about how ways Fitzpatrick starting in week five. He's been announced as a starter. Yeah. Personally, I think that's the right decision. I do. Um, if you look at successful quarterbacks who's, who've sort of been in the sleeve for the year before coming in, you look at Tua's injury record. I'm going off topic here. I apologise. We'll get onto that. But yeah. the important thing is... Um, whether you play them or not, maybe depends on what draft, what uh, what you get in the draft. And right now, you know, tanking it's basically another tank for Tua because you're you're tanking for players around Tua. Yeah, or the Houston Texans are anyway. So long may it continue. I say. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, my favorite part about the entire Bill O'Brien saga, John McClain. No, not that one. He's a beat writer <laughs> for the Texans. Well, expect Bill O'Brien to call plays for the rest of the season three hours before he was sacked. Which is fantastic. It's, it is basically like that. As soon as you get the board's photo confidence as a manager, you know you're gone. Yeah, and it feels, absolutely. It feels like that. By the way, who, if you were in charge of Texans, who would you be hiring? I, I personally would either go with Robert Sala, who I know I'm a massive fan of, or um, Eric Bieniemy. Ooh. Maybe it would be enemy, actually, because he coached yeah. Mahomes really yeah. well. That's probably fair. Um, I think he could do wonders with Sean Watson if he was given the chance. Yeah. Uh, I say wonders, but Deshaun Watson is a good quarterback. He is a really he, good quarterback. Yeah, really good. Um, to do what he does behind that O-line. Yeah, incredible. this is the thing. I feel like he's done a lot with what he's had to work with. Um, so, And he's a little bit slept on, actually. Yeah. So he could work well with someone like that. So I go for the latter. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. JJ Watt, by the way, looked completely miserable in the post-game interview. And who can blame him, right? He I mean, just He's not having a good time with the Houston Texans. And, you know, when I'm struggling with life, what mm-hmm. I tend to do is I, I go back to my family. And my fam- <laughs> I find my family helps. And maybe JJ Watt should do the same. I hear there's a lot of family in Pittsburgh. Come to Pittsburgh! Uh, anyway, the Texans, by the way, final thing we'll talk about with Houston, the running game just looked hopeless. Well done for training for David Johnson. Idiots. Uh, yes. What do we make of the Minnesota Vikings, though? Are we going to say that they're promising? Because they have had reasonably good performances before this, and Justin Jefferson, especially, and Dalvin Cook have looked absolutely brilliant. But they've still got some problems, but... Yeah, what do you make currently of the, the Minnesota Vikings? Um, I'm not taking this... <laughs> it's a difficult one. I'm not going to take this one win and say, okay, they're revamped now. Like, yeah. say, it's slightly been coming, and uh, who have their opponents been again, reminds me, uh, over the course of the season? The Titans, the... I'm going to look it up. Mm-hmm. Packers and another team. So they have had, they've taken on good opponents and the Texans. Okay, yeah. So they have, like you say, they've taken on good opponents. Um, they've not had completely. Oh, they've almost the Colts. Okay, uh, but I still feel they have been very underwhelming. This is a step mm. in the right direction, but I, I'm very wary to make something too much of it yet. Actually, yeah, if we look, losses to the Titans, the Colts, and the Packers. Yeah, um, that, that's a combined 10-1 and one in their previous opponents. Yeah. So that's, so, that's, that's good. Yeah, no, it's... I feel like the Vikings are one of those sides which have the talent on the roster. They're improving, just, though. They've underwhelmed me, though, to be honest yeah. with you, Alex. They are, yeah, like I said, they are but, improving, but they yeah, need not... to get better still. I'm not going to say they're going to make the playoffs, but I think the big change is that Cousins is now throwing to Justin Jefferson. Dalvin Cook's getting back into the game, and like we said last year so many times, when Dalvin Cook plays well for the Vikings, the whole offence plays well because they rely on that play action. So, I'm really excited by Justin Jefferson, and I would actually argue that the trade for Stefan Diggs was actually now a win-win, because Justin Jefferson looks dangerous. Final thing, Harrison Smith's ejection... Pointless. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, the Minnesota Vikings are 1-3, and three, their fourth in the NFC North, and ho- travel, sorry, to the Seahawks on the Sunday night football. The Houston Texans are 0-4, fourth in the NFC South, and host the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yay. New Orleans <laughs> Saints, 35, Detroit Lions, 29. We were so close, Josh. We were we so, were so, so close. But, I remember, Alex, I remember our discussion about this game uh, last time out. And we thought it would be a close one and just thought the Lions might do something. It yeah. didn't happen, but <sighs> Stafford looks so good in the early stages of this game. So good. By the way, we do have a quick PSA. Instead of an advert, we have a, a PSA instead. Sure. Kids, if you're listening to this, remember, never give in to peer pressure. Peer pressure is one of the worst things, but if you relent to it, your life will be worse. I'm gonna not take the risk oh. option and go for the Saints, Aww. and then regress it later when the when the uh, Detroit Lions inevitably. Win. I was gonna say I go. I'll go Lions if you go Lions. <sighs> when your friends talking. To... <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what? Because I'm a um, a sucker for peer pressure. I'm gonna say Detroit <laughs> Lions. Really? Yes. Never do what Josh did. Never give in to peer <laughs> pressure. <laughs> By the way, we have to mention, I can't believe it's taken this long, but... Scurrygarmy! Woo! The game was Scurrygarmy, 35-29. <laughs> by the way, the Lions have extended their own record by losing their sixth straight game when leading by 10-plus points at any point, which is the longest streak in NFL history. That comes courtesy of the NFL on CBS. Quit. Quit. <laughs> Just... 
give up. The Lions 14-0 up, then conceded on five straight drives. They had every chance to win this game. They had few injuries. You might remember the Saints were all woken up at like 3am to do COVID testing because of a false positive. And, you know, more injuries, more problems, less sleep. And yet the Lions, even with a strong chance to win this game, blew it. They just completely yeah. blew it. I think it's time to sack Matt Patricia. Ooh, okay. I mean, I think this has been building. I'm not saying it purely on oh, the grounds no, of lost to the Saints. I, I completely agree. Um, this has been building for for so long, actually. Yeah. Um, I always feel like they've Lions have never quite got enough out of Matt Stafford, who I feel is one of the most naturally talented uh, passers of the ball in the league. His yardage yeah. is. He's so, so good for a Lions quarterback and he always posts up ridiculous passing yards. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, probably it was about time a while back, but uh, you really need to look at it now and say, why hasn't he gone? And he does need to go. Um, yeah. it, it does feel like it's not Hugh agree, but every time he looks to be in a more perilous position like that, he somehow wriggles his way out. Yeah. And I just feel like he's got nowhere left to run. Yeah, absolutely. The New Orleans Saints are 2-2. Two and two. They're second in the NFC South. They host charges on Monday Night Football. The Detroit Lions are 1-3. and three. They're third in the NFC North and they have a bye week. More time to sack him. Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles, 25. San Francisco 49ers, 20. What? What? No, this doesn't happen, Alex. Your phone is broken. And yeah. that's why it's telling you... What? No. Clearly the 49ers won instead, right? Yes. Right? I'll be honest again, I didn't watch this game because Monday, Sunday night, sorry, wasn't it? Um, I, I was going to say great game by Carson Wentz, but no, not really. Better no, game than massively. Nick Mullins, who came out partway through for CJ Befford. We're now into the CJ Befford um, part of the season, so that's <laughs> great already. There is, bar George Kittle, who seemed to be the entire 49ers offence, no one did anything. Actually, that's true of the Eagles as well. Basically, mm-hmm. I'm very confused by this game. Yeah. I have no idea how it happened, why it happened. It's... No, I'd say I, I've not got an awful lot. It's... <sighs> Wow. In hindsight, they should have been in five matches, five minutes, but it wasn't. No, I mean, there was that interception, singleton return for a touchdown, which was uh, pretty compounding for me. Um, this puts San Francisco at the bottom of the NFC West, which is feels Feel ridiculous. The start of the year. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this is the Eagles' first win of the season, and who would have said it would have come from a, a, a game like this? Um I think uh, did Travis Fulgham. Uh, it was a forty-two yard reception from Carson Wentz with five fifty yeah. remaining, which pretty much sealed it. Um, but yeah, uh, massive relief for the Eagles. But more, this surely there's an investigation now with the 49ers as to why on earth this is happening. Because I can't I mean, explain it. They they have all the injuries, but then again, so do the Eagles. So yeah. that's not really an adequate excuse. What do we think for 49ers then? Because so long as they can get their players back, they'll be fine. But they can't have this keep going on for too long. No, they can't. Um, like you said, there's like, there is the caveat that um, if they have a fully fit roster, they probably do far, far better. Yeah. Completely true. Uh, they've got Miami next week. So obviously that's a that's a 40-0 loss uh, for San Francisco as yeah. Fitzpatrick runs in. You know, seven touchdowns himself. Um, the mark like how work it's there. Yeah, yes, it is. You know how many running yards he's going to get, Alex? It's going to be insane. 500. <laughs> I just realised, by the way, that that means he go over 40, but whatever. The mass doesn't have to work with Fitzpatrick. He's magic. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but no, um, San Francisco needs to get their players back and needs to get yeah. fighting fit as soon as possible. Maybe. My favourite is that the Eagles are more used to being depleted than the 49ers are. That's fair. So, maybe that's why. First one of the season. I mean, the Eagles are now favourites to be... to get a playoff spot. Because... 
they can actually win football matches, which doesn't seem to be something the rest of our division can do. No, that's true. Get ready for this. The Philadelphia Eagles are 1-2-1. One, one, they're first in the NFC East. <sighs> what? First. <sighs> there was no. the time the Seahawks won the NFC West with a 7-9 and nine record. This could be that or even worse, to be honest. Anyway, they travel to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The San Francisco 49ers are 2-2. Two two. They're fourth in the NFC West and host the Miami Dolphins. Speaking of them Dolphins, Seattle Seahawks... 31, Miami Dolphins, 23. Closer than I expected. I, I guess yeah, you're okay with this. Yeah, I am, actually. Um, I think I said in a preview podcast that as long as we played well and didn't disgrace ourselves, I'd be pleased with it because against this Russell Wilson-led Seahawks side, you can't expect much more from that. Um, Fitzpatrick didn't have a particularly good game, but... Uh, We'll get on to Tua. Okay, let's talk about Tua. It's not the right time for me. I've, I've seen lots of calls from fellow Dolphins fans for him now. Is the right time? You know, these had enough understudy. And there's the argument that the quarterbacks who were rested for a season before they went in were behind other quarterbacks who did very well and took the teams to the postseason. Yeah. This obviously is not the case. Um, I understand that argument, but. Uh, a couple of reasons. One, Tua in mid-November becomes one year after his hip injury. Um, and, you know, a lot of studies show that post one year, your risk of re-injury is like, it goes off a cliff. So I want to make sure we have Tua for the next 10 years, not the next 10 months. Yeah. Um, for sure. So I think that's, that's fair. I don't want to see him before sort of late November, really, if at all. Uh, yeah. Secondly... I don't see what Tua can do on his own. Um, I'd be very interested to see the Texans absolutely plummet so we get those draft picks because he needs uh, he needs protection and he needs more options to uh, pick out on his wide receiving core. But back to this game, it's it wasn't a disgrace. Um, there was points, there were points, should I say, that we looked like we could be in the game. Uh, the running game wasn't poor particularly uh, Devontae Park had a very good game I always enjoy uh, seeing him uh, play well but you're not going to uh, compete with the Seahawks side playing like they are Russell Wilson um, I mean by, yeah, by his standards please yeah. but by, by his standards I, I, I've written in my power rankings which has already come out on the sports blitz blog or wordpress.com it was a poor game for Russell Wilson with a pass yeah. rate of 112 or by his standards. Uh, for sure, there was that one pass I I think I sent to you. Was it to DK Metcalf? I think yeah. it was. Uh, exceptional use of uh, his legs out the pocket. But that's that's Russell Wilson. Um, yeah, sorry, as you were saying, Alex, a poor game for Russell Wilson, comparatively speaking. Just realised DK Metcalf didn't have a touchdown, so did he have another one slapped out of his hands? By the way, Shaquille Griffin picked off Ryan Fitzpatrick, of course, the one-handed player, which just absolutely exceptional um, inspiration for everyone in in my mind. And mm-hmm. yeah, the Seahawks continue to look like the for me the favourites for the NFC. I think that's fair. Um, Russell wasn't playing like he is. Um, DK Metcalf is having a good season oh, yeah. apart from a few phenomenal. Blunders. Yeah, yeah, phenomenal game yet again. DJ Moore as well this time stepping uh, Carson up. Carson had a quietly half decent game as well. Did he not? Yeah, yeah. Um, Sixteen carries, eighty yards, five yeah. five yards per carry, which is actually really good. Really good and two touchdowns. Uh, yeah, for me, the Seahawks NFC they, they look. Uh, oh, actually, that's a question for you, Alex. Do they look as good as that 2013 season? Because I'm not sure they do. I think that 2013 season was something else. Yeah. They were absolutely special in that year. They had fantastic players, Hall of Famers, all over the pitch. So, probably not. Probably but not. It's still you don't need to do, be that yeah. special. And what Pete Carroll is doing this time is he's getting more from less almost so that's fair i'm not saying he's doing better with the talent he's got but comparatively speaking whereas last time he could coast off how good his players were i think this time it's shown really smart coaching instead 
if that makes any sense. Anyway, no, the Seattle does. Seahawks are 4-0. and They're first in the NFC West and host the Vikings on the Sunday night football. The Miami Dolphins are 1-3. and They're third in the AFC East and travel to the San Francisco 49ers. Five matches, five minutes. Jacksonville Jaguars 25, Cincinnati Bengals 33. Turns out the Jaguars are as good as we thought they were at the start of the year. DJ Chalk's touchdown, though, was absolutely something else. That was incredible. Uh, yeah. uh, the Bengals going for it on fourth and inches in their own half in the first half, I thought was quite courageous. So um, Yeah, but this is what we like to see. I'm yeah, absolutely. a bit sick. One of my pet peeves in the NFL is cowardice on fourth down, and I'm glad that didn't occur. Yeah. Credit, though, to the Jaguars. Gardner Minshew still had a good game with a pass rating of 101.1. James Robinson, 75 yards. For me, arguably rookie of the year, just because of where he's come from. 4.4 yards per carry. Joe Burrow, another reasonably solid game, 92.4 passer rating. Joe Mixon carried this team, which I thought was actually the reason why I didn't pick them in the end, was I didn't think Joe Mixon was guaranteed to have a good game. So, we'll get on to my predictions later, but good God. Tyler Boyd as well, a, a good game. And Burrow's first interception as well, where it wasn't his fault because it was just like grabbed out of the wide receiver's hands again. I think that was his only interception of... Yeah, it was. It was his only interception of the game, his first in the NFL as a professional. I I don't mind that. Like you say, I don't think it was particularly his fault. Um, And at the end of the day, the rest of his stats are brilliant. Um, I still think he's getting knocked around a bit too much. Yeah. this is sort of one of my fears for Tua as well, actually, of not introducing him. Obviously, you have no choice but to introduce Burrow from the start. And he's done well, but he is getting battered. He is getting yeah. really whacked around out there. Yeah, absolutely. It seems to be coping with it for the time being, though. The Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars are 1-3. and three. They're third in the FC South and travel to the Houston Texans. The Cincinnati Bengals are 1-2-1. Fourth in the FC North, travelling to the Baltimore Ravens. Arizona Cardinals, 21. Carolina Panthers, 31. I'm guessing that Cliff Kingsbury's seat is getting a bit warm. <laughs> They've looked abysmal the last two weeks. Yeah. Against not strong opposition. Kyler Murray played better, though. 116.7 pass rating, 78 yards on the ground. DeAndre Hopkins, actually not completely the dominant wide receiver. He only had 41 yards. Um, the nearest on the Cardinals to him was Dan Arnold with 39 yards, the tight end. So, seems to be spreading the ball out more. So, yeah. good. Good. Carolina Panthers, though, who actually did win this game. Teddy Bridgewater, again, relatively solid. Davis did well stepping in for Christian McCaffrey. Aston Anderson. Yeah, Robbie Anderson, great game as well. So I'm guessing we're now more optimistic about the Carolina Pamps. It seems like the pieces are starting to work together. Yeah, um, they didn't start this season particularly well. But they, yeah, they've, they've sort of picked up slightly. Teddy Bridgewater looks okay. Yeah. Um, nothing stellar, but he seems to be doing quite well. I'll be honest, my ruling sure. on Matt is that he's probably quite a good head coach. Fair. Yeah, no. Um... <laughs> anyway, the Carolina Panthers are 2-2. Two and two. They're third in the NFC South and travel to the Atlanta Falcons next week. The Arizona Cardinals are 2-1-2. Two two. They're third in the NFC West and travel to the New York Jets. Indianapolis Colts 19, Chicago Bears 11. Dan Hansus on Twitter said he's going to tell his grandkids one day just how boring this game was. The Colts' defence played really well. They kept the Bears to three points until very late in the game. And it did remind me that Foles said about Frank Reich that he was who started to like really turn him into an NFL player who made him in the NFL. And it showed that... Frank Reich, of course, knows how to break Nick's spot falls. For Colts defence, credited Reich for getting them ready for him. Yeah, for sure. Um, falls didn't particularly... Yeah, I th- actually, you know what? I was trying to say more on there, but you've pretty much hit the nail on the head. I don't yeah. think there's much more you can uh, overanalyze there. They've prepped really well and it's come to fruition. Uh, it yeah, was. Uh, it felt like a game that was sort of running to the dirt a little bit. Uh, boring, realistically speaking. Philip Rivers did well, 
16 for 29, 190 yards, one touchdown. But uh, this isn't really making any back pages, is it? No, no. I will say very quickly, though, the Bears had a block punt that only went for 18 yards. Khalil Mack dropped the easiest interception of his career. Um, Philip Rivers had mid-play banter at one point, if you can find the video of him <laughs> joking with... I think they were trying to go for a hard count and draw the Colts offside. Uh, sorry, the Bears offside. And when it was clear that it wasn't, it didn't work, the uh, Rivers just started joking with the Bears' defence. That's absolutely incredible. <laughs> and there was one point where Rivers tried to escape the pocket and run. And I honestly thought that my TV was like in slow motion or something because that's what it looked like. Him trying to run is hilarious. The then again, probably still better than me. The Indianapolis Colts <laughs> are three and one, their second in the AFC South, and travel to the Cleveland Browns. The Chicago Bears are three and one, their second in the NFC North, and those Tampa on the Thursday night football. Baltimore Ravens thirty-one, Washington Football Team seventeen. Sam Cock remains perfect on fake punts by completing a 15-yard pass to Miles Boyking. He's 7 for 7 on 82 yards, which means his career pass rating is 115.5. That comes via Jameson Hensley on Twitter. The worst part of this game for me was Dwayne Haskins throwing a check down on fourth and goal. Huh? Wow. Okay. I mean, each to their own, I suppose. Yeah. Um... RG3 was back in Washington as well, and I believe he threw an interception in this game, so good for him. I didn't see this game, actually. How did Lamar Jackson do? Because the stats look mediocre. Uh, who cares? <laughs> they won. <laughs> I, I, I'll be honest, I had Red Zone on, but I wasn't really paying that. any attention. Yeah, RG3 did throw an interception. 107.8 pass rating for Lamar Jackson is not that bad. Dwayne Haskins looked better this week, which is important because Ron Rivera had told him that his job was on the line. Hmm. The Baltimore Ravens are 3-1, on their second in the AFC North, and host the Cincinnati Bengals. It's so fun to say that, second in the AFC North. Who are they second team? Alex? Oh, I don't know. It might be the team from Pittsburgh. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> Thanks for saying that up. True <laughs> friendship right there. The Washington Indeed. football team are one and three. They're second in the NFC East and host the Rams. Atlanta Falcons 16, Green Bay Packers 30. Not a surprise. No. Um, it is what it is. I, I don't have an awful lot to say about this one, truth yeah. tells. Matt Vine um, had a relatively good game, um, but the Falcons lost, which seems to describe most of the Falcons yeah. games, to be honest. Aaron Rodgers, 27-33. 327 yards, four touchdowns, a pass rate of 147.5, which I believe is the best in the league this Aaron week. Aaron Rodgers' pure anger is dragging this Green Bay side, kicking and screaming towards the postseason. Yeah. Um, Matt Ryan did all right, but frankly, I'm surprised the Atlanta Falcons didn't go up at any point just so they could lose their winning position. Um, yeah. Uh, this Green Bay side looks fantastic. Um, Rodgers is obviously central to that. Um, but this is also Green Bay side without some key weapons. And yeah. they've done well with it. So I've got yeah. the feeling that every time Rodgers completes a big pass, he just stares at Jordan Love on the sideline. <laughs> just don't know why. The Atlanta Falcons are 0-4. They're fourth in the NFC South and host the Carolina Panthers. The Green Bay Packers are 4-0. They're first in the NFC North and have a bye week. Prediction scores for this week. Will went 11-3 and was our winner this week. Josh went 10-4 and and I went 8-6. and <laughs> So the current standings. Josh still leads on 44-17. and Let's go! 4-0 on locks. Will is second, 43-18, and 4-0 on locks. And I am third... 40 and 21, quite a way behind. 2 and 2 on locks. Power rankings out on the sports splits blog.wordpress.com. Right now, I've gone for the Chiefs in first, Seahawks in second, Bills in third, Giants in third, Falcons 31st, Jets 32nd. No change in the top three or bottom three. I thought you might put the Seahawks above the Chiefs there, but. No. Um, how come? I just. I, I didn't. I'll be honest. I wrote this before. Will talk, tell me about the game, but also I, I don't want to put I don't want to put them down too much just because they only kind of scraped to win against the Patriots. Fair. So I, I, I mean, I it still them. is a good Pat side. So you know. Yeah, 
The biggest move up of the week ended up being the Minnesota Vikings, who went from 27th to 20th. And the biggest downgrade of the week, I guess, was the Jacksonville Jaguars, 18th to 26th. And the Dallas Cowboys, who went from 14th to 22nd. Wow. So, there we go. Um, very briefly, we'll preview Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Chicago Bears. I think both. I think the Bears will perform better than they did against the Colts. This game sort of better for them. But with the Buccaneers looking as strong as they have done in, in the second half, <laughs> they, um, I, I, I think this game should, should still go their way. It'll be close, though. I think it should be closer than you'd almost think off the top of your head. Um, if the Tampa Bay side that turns up in the second half turns up for the, the whole game next time, mm. that'll be absolutely fine. Um, but if they don't get out of a rut and that first half Tampa Bay side turns up, then yeah, they could really push them to the wire. It should be a close game though, and an actual exciting close game on Thursday night football. Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> I've ever someone in the Thursday night football officers going, why don't we do this every week? Anyway, let's get on to predicting the first game of the week then. The 3-1 and one Tampa Bay Buccaneers travel to the 3-1 and one Chicago Bears. I'm taking the Buccaneers win. Uh, as am I. And I haven't asked Will, so I'll, I'll message him and then we'll tell you how we predicted on the next episode. Anyway, it's been a good episode, but all good things must come to an end, I guess. Indeed. Anyway, that is all the time we have on the NFL Blitz today. Thank you for listening. My fans go to Josh and Will. The intro and end music for the NFL Blitz was provided by Kevin McLeod in Competech.com. We're back on Saturday to preview all games on week five of the NFL season. Until then, I've been Alex Woodward and don't just have a good week. Have the best play in NFL history. Have an immaculate one. Goodbye.